Hasta la vista, baby. Think I'm crying? There's no crying in baseball! I'll get you my pretty and your little dog too! King Kong ain't got shit on me! It's showtime. Hey, what's going on, you jabronis? This is episode 49 and the last of the Halloween movies we're doing to wrap up the season. It is a lovely fall night. The Phillies are coming home for game three for the NLCS. The Eagles are just beat Dallas last uh, Sunday night on the bye, so it's a good time to be a Philadelphia sports fan. So tonight, as I mentioned, this is our last uh, Halloween movie, and we decided to go with a slasher film. The kids of Elm Street don't know it yet, but something is coming to get them. There's something out there, isn't there? You just see cuts happen. What did that, Lieutenant? I don't know. What's the coroner got to say? It's in the jaw and puking since he saw it. They're gonna kill me for sure. Did you do it? There was somebody else there. He was locked in a room with a girl who went in alive and came out in a rubber bag. No one knows where it came from or who it will visit next. Nancy, there's something wrong with you. You're imagining things. Nightmare on Elm Street. Do you believe in the boogeyman? No. Whatever you do, don't fall asleep. She's the only one who can stop it. If she fails, I'm your boyfriend now, Nancy. No one will survive. Craven, director of The Hills Have Eyes and Last House on the Left, a new masterpiece in fantasy terror, Nightmare on Elm Street. So this, uh, the movie, it's about these neighborhood kids. There's, there's four of them. The, the main character, his name is, her name is Nancy. Um, she's having nightmares about this frightening, badly scarred figure who wears a glove with razor sharp finger knives and her other three friends, Tina, Rod, and her boyfriend, Glenn who's played by Johnny Depp. Um, they all have the same similar dreams. And each one of them throughout the movie starts to get picked off by this killer, Fred Krueger. And Nancy realizes that in order to not die, she needs to stay awake. And all the while, she's trying to uncover the, the secret identity of this guy and his connection with the children of Elm Street. And, you know, she starts to plot about how to kill him. So I don't know about you guys, but whenever I see this movie, I always get annoyed with how this movie starts and how this movie ends, because the movie starts with one of the characters, one of the group of friends, her name's Tina, and it's in the middle of her movie or it's the middle of um, her dream. And she's being traced by Fred Krueger. And it's it's almost like the movie. It's almost like the, the movie like just starts right in like maybe a quarter of the way through like any regular movie would. It's weird. Or it seems like it would be like a, it would pick up where like a sequel to a movie that, you know, happened before it. It was weird. I always think that's a, it was always an odd way to, to start it. But what I did like was this Nightmare on Elm Street was remade about, I don't know, five or six years ago. It, it wasn't good. But what I did like about it is that how they told the story, like of the, the origin of Fred Krueger and how the group of parents in the town, they found out that he was getting a little too, 
uh, close with their kids. So they plotted to kill him. So I thought that that was a that's a good way. I'll give credit where it's due with the remake where how I like the uh, the origins of it. Wasn't Freddy Krueger a real person? Like, I based the movie off of somebody. He like based the, the screenplay off of like a serial killer from the 30s. I can see yeah. Wes Craven doing that. That sounds yeah. totally that's that, that's totally, you know, on on brand. Fred Krueger. Fred Fred Krueger. I forgot she calls him Fred Krueger in the movie. Did, did anybody else call him Freddy? I, I, when did they start calling him Freddy? Is it kind of like the Jason thing where he doesn't wear the hockey mask till the third movie? <laughs> could, yeah, I don't know. I, I saw part two, part three, and then it goes to absolute shit afterwards. So I don't even yeah. remember. See, like I remember a new new nightmare. I think I remember seeing that, but there was like I never bothered seeing that remake. I know it came out like a few years yeah. back, but I never. You know I've never cared much for the Nightmare on Elm Street movies. I think the first one's good. I mean, I've seen the first one a bunch of times. I never cared for any of the other 25 movies in the franchise. You know, I saw for a good laugh the Freddy versus Jason crossover, which was just stupid. But it was funny because watching two two immortals fight and no one die, it's like, okay, this is comical. It's dumb. Not as not quite as funny as um Army of Darkness, but still funny. <laughs> To me, though, this movie is a classic. I mean, it's I'm I'm not sure if I find Freddy Krueger, the character, all that scary. Sure. I mean, he's disfigured from being burned and, you know, he haunts people's dreams. But Robert Englund's a little too. I mean, it feels like it's a little over the top, right? He's not nearly as haunting or terrifying as either Michael Myers, who says nothing the entire franchise for uh, was that a uh, Halloween Mm-hmm. And uh, Jason Voorhees, who, whom you just mentioned earlier, you know, he says nothing or just kind of grunts and huffs and puffs in the um, Friday the Thirteenth franchise. So mm-hmm. Fr- Freddy Krueger is kind of a little outlandish for my taste, which makes him a little less scary. I think he's uh, I think he's part of the Trinity of slasher, the the origins of the slasher, like the the, the Trinity of slasher movies. Oh yeah. You know, Michael Myers, Jason, and then Freddy were probably your your three original slasher films that got spun off a gazillion times and were oh, sure. the movies to today. But I'm I'm with you there, Joe. He's bottom three for me out of the three. I just thought I <laughs> these movies scared me a lot when I was a kid. And then rewatching them, like I still enjoyed it, but I found myself laughing more than being scared, kind of, which Especially like, later into the series. Yeah. like Although, you, to its credit, this first movie's got some pretty terrifying parts in it. There's, like, gory, like, but it's so over the top. Like, for a little kid, it would be horrifying. But oh, for, yeah. like, an adult, like, when Johnny Depp gets sucked into his bed and, like, it's, <laughs> it's out 35,000 gallons of blood. Like, more blood than any human being could have in their body. Like, if it was just, like, a little bit of of blood it would be more yeah scary. Or, if, or if like a few body parts came out in some blood it'd be a little more believable yeah uh, but but I, there were some parts though that were legitimately scary like i think any of the scenes in the movie so for our listeners who aren't familiar with the franchise fred krueger is a serial killer who is killed by the who, who got off on a technicality when dragged into court and then the town's people uh, don't even get me started there but then gets dragged, but gets trapped in the boiler room where he's living and then it's burned a alive. Plot. It's a deep plot. Ah! 
And so he becomes a vengeful spirit at this point after being burned alive by the townspeople. And then, you know, out of sight, out of mind, he goes away and he haunts people in their dreams. Feel brave for this with your children's blood. All right. How are you going to get them? Skeleton power? I'll strike where you cannot protect them. In their dreams. He's going to um, kill all their kids. Yeah, he's he, he's a vengeful spirit. So he, he, he's going to kill the kids of the parents who burned him alive in the boiler room. So there are scenes where in the kids' dreams, they are wandering through the boiler room. Lot and those scenes are a lot of boiler rooms. Like a scene from Terminator 2. That's where they're wandering through. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's basically for what Bill's, point, what Bill's pointing out is, is if you've seen Terminator 2 and, and they're in the metal refinery at the end when he gives the thumbs up and he's falling into the lava pit. <laughs> um, every every scene in this movie where there's a child walking through this dark, desolate factory looking environment is basically walking through what looks like just an industrial plant. Yeah, there's they use three sets for this movie: boiler room, high school, and then your typical suburban, suburban house. Yeah. yeah, that's because there was only three sets used. Yeah. And so, movie. to this movie's credit, though, in the boiler room scenes, there's actually a quite a bit of tension in those. Some of the oh, scenes there are, I mean, he's like coming in and out of nowhere from the bo- inside the boiler room, and you're walking through. You have no clue what the kids are walking through. They have no clue where they're going. The one thing I appreciate. The one, sorry, the right, one right. thing I appreciated was the visual effects because you just don't get that in movies anymore. No. Everything's just like CGI. Like it was actually like pro. Like some of it would like when the when Marge gets sucked through the window at the end. Like that was like the worst like inflatable <laughs> doll I've ever seen in my life. It looked like a but like there are some like visual effects where I'm like, yeah, that's pretty impressive. Like when like he cuts his skin and like all the maggots come falling. Yeah. Like like you don't get that in movies nowadays. Everything is just CGI. That was I, I was impressed with some of that. Some of that was completely ridiculous and like comical when you saw it and you just laughed. But some of it was like impressive what they did, you know, f- almost 40 years ago with this movie. Well, for sure. I mean, practical effects are fun. I mean, we've seen that in a lot of movies from this time period. I'd say like mid 70s through I'd say right up until the, the Jurassic Park sort of broke open this, the floodgates for CGI. But definitely some of the cool practical effects, but some of them, as you pointed out, like Marge being sucked to the window at the end or like when she gets jumped on in bed and like fall, and there's like a plastic skeleton being sucked into a blue lit up bed. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like uh, with like a fog machine blowing underneath it. I mean, like it just looks like shit. Speaking of Marge, how many bottles of hooch did she have stashed oh, throughout that house? Like she's going in the living closet, like and then she's. <laughs> Oh, and then she's like the refrigerator, the the uh, her bedroom. There was just, and I I couldn't figure out what the hell. What was she pounding there? What was that? The, was that some type of coconut rum or something? It looked like either like a bottle of Stoli vodka or probably like coconut rum. It was it's something. Cl- vodka. It's it, had to, it, it had to be vodka. I mean, she yeah, was you know cheap potato shit from Russia, I and mean, she had yeah. to be just putting it back. Yeah, oh, yeah. Dude, she potato rum. That like it reminded me of like like how I was like during the start of COVID when there was nothing else to do but sit in your house and just drink at night. Just pound cards and cigarettes and drink. <laughs> yes, yeah, seriously. 
Yeah, uh, I, there were mornings I wake up. I'm like, oh, Bill, you had a little bit. Of, I mean, too much there whiskey was, last night. Yeah, I mean, there were times I drank during the early parts of COVID. There were certainly times where I found myself, you know, knee deep in a bottle of Jack Daniels or knee deep in uh, my favorite is the Jameson coffee whiskey. Yeah, that was a good call. That stuff is del- yeah, that stuff's delightful. Do they still make that? I'm still oh, they, yet to see that. They show. do. I can get it for twenty four ninety nine a bottle up here. I'm living the dream. Yeah, I just paid fucking forty dollars for a case of beer yesterday. I almost died. Please tell me it was at least good. No, it was a gar- it, was, it was domestic light. You paid forty dollars for twenty four cans of domestic light. No, bot Joe, come on, cans, cans, bottles. You can't be drinking. All right, all right. If, if, the only thing that makes a light beer taste worse out of a is out of a fucking can. can. Yeah, but Marge. Like she yeah, had some major drinking problems, but she had some problems, period. I mean, she was clearly repressing all the memories of uh of uh Fred Krueger the whole yeah. time. And she had that dog tapestry hanging up in the basement where they were playing pool. Like, what the hell was up with that? It was like the most pivotal scene in the movie, and she's pulling the glove out of the boiler. And I'm just staring, I couldn't stop staring at that dog tapestry behind her as she's talking. I was like, that is yeah. interesting. Okay. Well, beyond some of the strangeness of this movie, you know, with all the weird practical effects and some of the really dopey plot elements, it really is a very good horror movie. I don't want to I don't I don't want to I don't want to throw it under the bus. I mean, sure, it's got some crap in it, like like a lot of movies from this time period do. But I think as far as horror movies go, it's a really good horror movie that sort of set the stage for sort of. um I won't say lighthearted anything because not lighthearted at all, but it's definitely got some comedy in it. Oh, for sure. The as soon as the uh, Tina's boyfriend Rod comes into the into the oh scene. yeah, hmm. <laughs> I like he he because they're they're ha- so Tina's the first one to to speak up about these about the dreams that she's having and everyone saying oh well we're having the same dream, and so her parents were out the one night and she asks Nancy to stay overnight just so she won't be alone. And Nancy invites Glenn over, and then Rod shows up. And Rod, I don't—I mean, are they, were they fuck buddies, or were they actually boyfriend and girlfriend? And we think in like, the beginning, in the beginning, when he first introduced her, and she's like, "You couldn't write teen on your dick," or whatever way she said it. It was like oh, I thought I thought it was. I was like, "Well, this is an antagonist," but I think they were supposedly a couple that was always fighting. Yeah, sounds about yeah. right. And and he, like the way he's pretty fugazi, so yeah. The way he enters the scene, like he jumps, like he tackles Johnny Depp, like in the dark, and then like he brings a gardening tool to the sleepover party that he's crashing for pretty much zero reason, other than the foreshadow the uh, the gardening tool of Freddy's claw. Oh no, he was there for he was there for a good reason. Uh, well, well, yeah, because because then Tina then allows Rod to stick his rod in her. <laughs> Dude, she got worn out. <laughs> yeah, he gave her a pretty good pounding. I mean, and, and the fact that they let that play out like it did in, in the in the beginning of the movie is surprising. I just thought it was fucked up that the girlfriend that will, uh, what's her name, Nancy, couldn't let Glenn sleep up in the bed with her. Like, even like she didn't want to do nothing, but the poor guy's got to sleep on the couch. He can't sleep in the bed. Like, I, I, I he got like, cock blocked. And all, and all the while, you know, her, her best friends are getting worn out. <laughs> yeah. Glenn's, I know I've I known a few Glens and and be, me and Bill have known a few Glens in our day. Oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> there's a lot of disclosure on this podcast that we can't talk about. Oh, but yeah. We'll talk about off record later. 
Oh, man. Tina's the first to die. Tina's the first to die. Yeah, she yeah. gets tossed around like a rag doll in the uh, which is every- freaky, by the way. Yeah. And so she gets she gets killed in her dream. And Rod basically just dives out the window. He, he books it. He gets out of there. He doesn't like what he saw. And now like Rod's on the run. And like the first thing that the, that the police think is that it's her, her boyfriend that did it. Well, I mean, all evidence pointed to him. Yeah, he w- he was there. That was then- the that's the West Craven go to. Shit gets killed right after sex. Boyfriend in proximity gets blamed. Like he's done that in like ninety percent of his movies. Yeah, he basically did that in Scream. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Scream is basically a slightly updated version of this movie. Yeah, I mean, I mean, let's just be honest. Scream here. is like he married. Uh, like Michael Myers with that's like, fair. Like Jason and like all three. I'd say I'd there. say Michael Myers most most yeah. closely with Freddy Krueger and then yeah, Freddy. like a Michael Myers that would talk shit, not like a quiet Michael Myers. Like Freddy talked a lot of shit. Yeah, he did. I'm your Freddy's- boyfriend now, Nancy. Yeah. Which when some the of that comes through the telephone. That, 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 freak, that freaked the fuck out of me. Uh, I was crying, laughing. I was I almost fell off my couch. I did a belly flop off my fucking uh, chase. I was laughing so hard. Oh, dude, what what got me was uh, the one scene where uh, they're, they're Nancy and Glenn are like trying to trying to stay up like all night, and like she takes these pills that's that are literally called stay awake, mm-hmm. and then like <laughs> she turns off the light in her bedroom, or her mom closes the door, and all of a sudden she pulls out this fucking coffee pot. Pot. <laughs> from, from yeah, yeah, it was like it was like a pot. It was a pot stash under her yeah. bed, but it wasn't. It was a coffee pot stash. Like, it was in her nightstand. Yeah, it was pretty funny. A couple sodas, you know, like, dude, <laughs> like, dude, God. the, the like amount that. of caffeine she was because all those pills are are basically powdered caffeine in a <laughs> capsule. They're called no dos for the moment. Can we, can we talk? Can we talk about this stay awake pill bottle? Because like I'm, it was like the who was the prop guy that made that? It looked like he gave it to his five year old daughter and was like, right, stay awake on a piece of paper. Like it was like the cheesiest thing I've ever seen. It was the worst prop I've ever seen in the movie. It's just it was like printed out in crayon. Stay awake. Yep. But there's, she there's was like- popping caffeine pills left and right and drinking coffee nonstop. It was that, that, that's a fatal amount of caffeine. That like, is diarrhea town. That you no, 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 no. <laughs> diarrhea town is like the first time she did it. Yeah, yeah. it was. It was shit or die. She was that was <laughs> that was the level of caffeine she was on. She had two options: shit or die. I mean, I'm telling you, just from, just from professional technical experience, it takes about a thousand milligrams of caffeine at one time to stop your heart. How many Mountain Dews can Dan Finocchio answer that question? Oh, dude, can we get him on here? <laughs> you know he won't fucking get on here. He won't get on here. He's a scumbag. <laughs> you can Shout tell him out. I said that, too. Shout out, scumbag, Finocchio. <laughs> Continue, Bill. He drank half a case. He drank half a 12-pack of, uh, of Mountain Dew a day back in, back in college. And then went through caffeine withdrawal on New Year's Eve. <laughs> it was in the hospital. Get the shakes, man. I'm telling you, he was the only he was the only guy under the age of twenty, uh, under the age of fifty in that hospital on New Year's Eve that wasn't getting their stomach pumped. <laughs> it's so true. It's so true. Oh man, but continue um, on. But yeah, so the the amount of coffee, like it's just, ugh. yeah. The, the, but that the coffee pot pulling that her pulling that from under the bed got me. Another thing that got me was was when uh, Nancy, like, she's reading this book about, like, booby traps. 
And then, like, you know, it's the 80s, like, montage scene, you know, where she's setting the booby traps around the house, how she's going to grab Freddy and wake up and bring him to the real world. So she's setting booby traps like fucking Kevin and Home Alone. That's exactly what I was thinking. (laughs) And then the one scene where Freddy comes to the real world, he, like, goes through, like, all of her booby traps, like the fucking gunpowder and the light bulb and the fucking jack. He takes a sledgehammer to the chest. (laughs) Gets lit he, on, he, he gets lit on fire. So this is a good, all, the, the best one was him getting lit on fire because this man who's already been lit on fire where once she throws gas on him and he basically is like, I know that smell. Not again. Well, <laughs> well, it's like she drilled out. So this is just a little bit of scientific background. She drilled a hole in a light bulb and inside of a light bulb is a little wire filament that you put a, you put voltage through and all of a sudden it glows. You get light. She filled that full of gunpowder. And then you screwed it back into the light. So once you turned the light on, it exploded and lit him on fire. Yeah, it was hysterical. It was was a pretty uh, in-depth, like she like obviously spent some time with the Unabomber um, to know that as like a 15-year-old girl. Like it's yeah, it that's one of the most glaring plot holes in the Joe. If that was you, if you were the 15-year-old in the movie, I'd be like, I Totally believe Joan would know how to make that booby trap. Her, no fucking way is that girl making that booby trap. No way. Sorry. I mean, it really is just a glaring hole in this movie, right? I mean, she goes from sort of nonchalant, casual 15-year-old girl in high school, not not letting Glenn, you know, pound her out. And then she goes to like, you know, super scientist mode and makes a Kevin McAllister level booby trapped house to bring Freddy Krueger out from the dream world. She went from she went from asking doctors complex questions like what are dreams to I can make a homemade pipe bomb and kill Freddy Krueger. Like I mean, she took a major. I mean, there. I mean, it was like a, a Sylvester Stallone like light switch moment, like in yeah. Rambo, right? Yeah. MacGyver. She turns into fucking MacGyver. There we go. So I mean that so that part made a made really no sense. What the how are the bathtub scene? And that the, was the mom. That was messed up. Yeah, the mom though, when she goes, be careful. <laughs> people die all the time in the bathtub. Like it was Mark. like the most ridiculous thing. Like she was drunk. people die every year in the getting out of the bathtub. Well, Marge was drunk yeah. the whole time. Was there but, boobage in this movie? I hate to sound like a pervert, but I, I was this this is one of the few slasher movies where I don't think there's any boobage. No, there's a bare back, that's about it, because yeah. she was putting on her like, you know. Freddy Krueger fighting. That used creatures. to be that used to be a staple for those kind of movies. Like, oh yeah, back in the day. Yeah, but but you to your point, the bathtub scene was definitely um, messed up. Because I mean, I guess I got freaked out by it because you could because it was basically shot in a pool, right? So you could see what when the camera was kind of pointing up, it could see like the opening of the pool and her being dragged down by Freddy Krueger, and it was that was that was creepy. Oh yeah, that was that was that was, messed, that was a messed up scene. It was creepy because you know I think I guess I mean I'm probably not alone in this in this view, but you know I don't, I don't I'm not a huge fan of like the beach and I don't really do pools that much. Either I grew up grow up with one in my backyard, just not my thing. And being underwater is not something I'm overly fond of, so I can understand why that would be freaky to some people, including myself. It just kind of freaks me out, especially if you're not in control underwater. It just feels awful. Yeah, the other scene that always freaks me out is the the Johnny Depp's uh, bedroom scene and like his death. 
but <laughs> but to your point though like so jim made it said earlier like that's i mean i'm not gonna say it's comical well, but it's, it's comical, just it's just it's just it's over the top yeah i mean it's it's over the top to the point where it's like it doesn't fit in with the movie yeah yeah it's but like what gets me is, is that like okay he's sleeping and freddy kills you in his dreams but you don't we don't get to see what's going on in his dream all of a sudden he's just sucked into the bed and is that like your him. worst death scene bill in your opinion in the movie the worst in what way like the 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 worst death scene is in the way of like it was like it was actually pretty intense like it was it was the worst scene to sit through to watch somebody get killed in this movie for me in this movie yes and there's like a couple others in in, uh, in part two and part three that are a little gruesome like i think part two like he actually like like comes through like someone's body yeah, that one's pretty messed you know, up gr- grizzly for, for me <laughs> yeah. it was tina I thought yeah, the, the first scene, I thought yeah, the yeah. Tina scene was just the most realistic death scene. It was. Well, aside from the guy hang, getting hung in the jail cell, what's Rod? What a fucking name. Perfect name for that fucking tool bag. <laughs> but uh, aside from Rod, I think I like I like I was like, holy shit. <clears throat> because I think that always gets cut out on TV. And usually the way I've been seeing this movie the last 25 years of my life is on like catching it on like AMC. Mm-hmm. or something so like i think that scene gets cut out a lot and i forgot like how graphic that scene was yeah i think that's 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 really the, the frightening part of the movie is that like like you see freddy krueger like in the dreams every once in a while and you know he's there but like when the deaths happen you don't see him doing it it's just this it happens you know, it happens exactly so that that's the that's the freaky part of it yeah but the t- but to your point jim the tina death is definitely the most realistic one and then probably the and i won't say the freakiest because obviously johnny J- johnny depp getting put in a blender is uh <laughs> definitely yeah, a, 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 bad freaky. a wood but, chipper <laughs> but i think as far as a horror movie would go tina's death scene was not over the top and it was consistent with someone being just basically hacked to death yeah which is what you expected from, I mean, I mean, given that, you know, it's 40 years later for this movie. And so we expect, so we know he's got the blades on his hand. So it, we expected a death consistent with being slashed at. I mean, she did get dragged across the ceiling, but it was probably the most realistic. Yeah. One of the most gruesome, realistic scenes aside from it. I think that's why I like Michael Myers better than Freddy's because like, he is like, when he killed all these people in that movie, it was like every death was like, He's strangling people. He's stabbing people. This stuff ha- can happen. Like, well, well, um, well, I guess the thing, the comparison there is, you know, Michael Myers is not some supernatural entity, right? Like yeah. He's just a, he's just a serial killer to like the who I think they describe as the embodiment of pure evil, but like as a human. But, yeah. but like with with Freddie being you know a demonic spirit, or and then Jason Voorhees being another one of these, you know, vengeful spirits during his drowning and whatnot, he becomes a zombie in I think the third movie for Friday the 13th, you know, they can't be killed. They have like superhuman powers, all that crap. Michael Myers is terrifying because he's just a guy that is just so in off the reservation. You can't stop him. But Freddie for me is over the top. I like Robert Englund, the actor, but this movie, he, and he does a really good job of playing the character, but man, it's just, the shit talking. <laughs> I'm no, not. Ready, shit talk. It's not that I don't like it. It's just that, for what it's worth, I think the silent killer like Michael Myers or Jason Voorhees to me is more terrifying than Freddy Krueger. I agree with that. Yeah, it's a good point. 
he cackles too much. He laughs too much. He's the, having- first, the first couple uh, Friday the 13th were like really creepy, believe like I won't oh, say yeah. like believable, believable. It, it was like realistic. Um, after that, they get kind of silly. Well, once he became a zombie and had all these superpowers, it just got yeah. it just got silly and they got repetitive. Yeah. But the first one, the original Friday the 13th, goddamn. <laughs> yeah, that, that was a screwed up. And the second one was I like the second one better than the first one, but okay. it's uh yeah, those are some mess. I think that like Freddy was the most unrealistic of the three. Like I said, the three original slashers. Oh yeah. Um, and again, look, some people like that thing, right? They like the sadistic, wisecracking, you know, demonic spirit thing. Yeah, for me, it's if 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 all the deaths had been like Tina's. Or rods when he got hung by the bed sheet, or, you know, moving in prison. Like at least that was realistic of what a demonic entity would probably do. But the Johnny Depp getting basically put in a blender to me is just it just doesn't work. Johnny Depp wasn't this his breakout movie? It was. This was his first film role. Yes, yeah, the film. Debut. And he replaced. They wanted uh, not Amelia, Charlie Sheen. They wanted Charlie Sheen. Oh, oh man, yeah. yeah. All right. But he wanted would, too much money. It would have worked equally as well. I mean, I don't think they're that different of actors, to be honest. Too much money. Yeah, okay, Charlie Sheen. <laughs> Here's a mega pint for you, Charlie. <laughs> or, Salute. Uh, or uh, Johnny. A mega pint. <laughs> no, but I, for me, I just, as I was going on, you know, had all the deaths been like Tina's and been a little, I won't say restrained, but been a little bit more believable, I think that I could have better acknowledged Robert Englund sort of wisecracking jackass Freddy Krueger. But because, you know, he was because he was a wisecracking jackass and there were some outlandish parts of this movie, which were less scary than they were probably intended to be, kind of puts Freddy a few ticks down the list for me. Yeah. Top five uh, horror movie characters mm. or I, I want to say villains. Eee. What are your uh, top five? John? I mean, Bill. Mine? Yeah. Horror movie okay. villains. Horror movie villains. I'm going to say, if I'm going to do my Mount Everest, top uh, four or five, oh, yeah. <laughs> I would say the uh, ghost face from Scream. Okay. Probably Pinhead. Ah. That, okay. one, I, I, that just dates back when I first saw it as a kid. I would, that, I don't know. I mean, that is terrifying. Yeah. Texas Chainsaw Massacre guy. Leatherface. Yeah. Leatherface. Mike Myers. Mm. And um, Freddie doesn't make the list. Nah, no, he doesn't for me either. Ooh, I want your Joes. Let's hear your Joes. All right, so two of my lists are Michael Myers and Jason Voorhees. Um, I'd say probably at the very top of my personal list is Nosferatu. That is, that's some scary shit. Like you don't sleep at night. Yeah. I think Jigsaw is terrifying, personally. Well, my wife, I could never get through a Saw movie. My I, wife, I, I've seen two of them, the first and second, and Jigsaw, just because I'm a puzzle person, it freaks the hell out of me if I can't figure something out. And plus, he's terrifying. And honestly, you're probably going to laugh at me for this one. I think Chucky, the doll, is horrifying forgot about chucky chucky's right up there with the slash yeah, child, ch- child's play is a scary ass movie and honestly freddy krueger is not nearly as scary as any of them i think he's, uh he's too much of a jackass for my tastes 
nobody mentioned the classic, like the the classic horror film. Uh, you could go Dracula, the, the Bela Lugosi one, the original from. But the I'm just thirty four. It's, it's funny how it's a generational thing because if you had your dad on here, he probably would have said like Dracula, oh. Frankenstein. Like he, like, uh, he I think it's what. I he would have gone like, all vampire movies, to be honest. Yeah, my, exactly. My dad loves Dracula, and he loves Dark Shadows. That's probably what he saw when he was a kid. And when we were little kids, it was slasher movies. So I think it's just like who you see as a kid is going to be your top five. Yeah. And I mean, I'm, what, not, I'm not even sure Freddy makes the top ten, to be honest. I am not a horror movie buff. And neither am I, but it yeah, seems to be that there are some other, some other, some, some other characters who would make it better like me have you ever seen an american werewolf in london yeah that's a that where that werewolf is that's, scary that freaked me the fuck out yeah okay like like that movie ain't playing around yeah and so like so there are characters like that who i think because they're not wisecracking jackasses like freddy krueger who are and they're equally as scary in terms of visual appearance and behavior kind of just push up the list a little bit with freddy i agree although he, although he was this was probably the this movie to the to the the original Nightmare on Elm Street was probably the least funny of all the movies. It was the first one. They had to come out swinging, and they did it. it so, but if you watch the rest of the franchise, he just gets funnier and funnier and less scary and less scary as a yeah. character. The deaths become more gruesome and more over the top. Yeah, he's so so, so, they're, so they're trying to counterbalance it throughout. I think part of that too is because Wes Craven had no hand in the other like seven movies. Yeah, he was just producing them. He wasn't directing them or, or writing screen, the screenplay. So right. it just got it just got more over the top, and he became more of a schmuck throughout <laughs> the movies. And, you, and, and I can't blame Robert Englund for for doing so. He was you know got the hand he was dealt, well, was, and he made fifty billion like, dollars doing it. It was kind of like Schumacher taking over the Batman. Yeah, it's fair. Like, but yeah. he Burden laid the groundwork. WB was like, "Yeah, your movies are too freaky. We want more kids to be able to go to the theaters, so we're just going to write you." Uh, honestly, we talked about this last week. It was the yeah. same thing with Army of Darkness. Yeah. You saw the shift in tone, as Bill mentioned, from those in that franchise. It went from ridiculously gory but scary Evil Dead comic remake, but still had its good parts. Evil Dead Two, and then whatever you want to call horror comedy laugh fest. That was Army of Darkness. It was sort of the same shift. You know, Ash got more and more outlandish and the stunts got more and more silly as the franchise went on. Here's this another. kind of falls in the same bin. Here's another one. The horror movies fall in the same category as comedies now, like where they're just not made anymore in the last 10 years. No, they're- there have been some really good horror. I don't watch a lot of horror movies, but there have been some good ones like Insidious. There's this and- one. Sorry. Good job. Go ahead, Bill. No, go, go talk about insane. No, I mean just in no, just in general though. There have been movies that are genuinely scary, and I think part of that too is there. As I know, we've we've kind of kicked in the shins a little bit about CGI, but a lot of the modern horror movies are sort of you know juices turned up a little bit, and the gore factors turned up because they you know they have the, they have the benefit of relatively low cost modern computers to do a lot of the heavy lifting. Around this time last year, I watched a Netflix movie. It was called The Green Inferno, and it's a horror movie. And what it's about, in a nutshell, is that it's, it involves the, this group of uh, college, early 20-year-olds 20, 20 activists, and they travel to, I forget what, what jungle, but they, they go to, like, you know, try to go there to protest the, the rainforest and everything. Well, anyway, they get uh, captured by the local tribe, 
the natives there and the entire tribe is cannibals and the way the movie goes through it it leaves nothing to the imagination it is very very graphic i really i felt like uneasy watching it i actually recommended it to your uh, your wife jim this time last sounds year. like some nasty shit she, she 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 went home i think it was after uh nick's rehearsal dinner she went home because i told her about it because i had watched it like a couple of days prior and she went home and she watched it and she's just like <laughs> she was texting me she's like what the fuck <laughs> she's like texting me like the, what the scenes that were happening and i was like yeah i was like keep going <laughs> so yeah, that, that's a no for me dog no nah, it's 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 very uneasy in, in cannibalism it's not, yeah that's a that's a that's a taboo topic on a good day well, i think for me when I, I had mentioned like my my top like slasher horror movie killer guys um i had you know mentioned like myers pinhead and I think the reason is, is because when I was a kid growing up, I grew up next door to my grandparents and my dad's brother, um, he, my uncle, he, um, he's like 12 years younger than my dad. So like when I was like four or five years old, he was still like in his mid to late twenties. He was still living with his, with my, uh, with my grandparents. So every time I would go over the house, like he'd be watching some fucking like movie, whatever that was, that was on, or one of his favorites around Halloween time, he's watching this stuff. And I think that's when I, my first saw like pinhead and hellraiser and i saw mike myers and i would see this and like i'm, I'm kidding i think those those killers are just forever like burned into my mind because i remember like where i was how i felt and how like the how frightening it was for me as a four or five year old kid so always an aunt or an uncle so the first time i saw mike myers was my aunts had halloween on they were probably in high school and they were babysitting me and i literally shit myself <laughs> Because that's a genuinely scary movie. The fucking music, everything. I haven't watched yeah. that. I'll be watching that this week. I, I always watch that. I should watch Halloween. that. I should watch that when I have time this week, if I can spare a few minutes. The great thing about horror movies is they're short. They yeah, knock them down in like an hour and a half. Yeah, that's, this that's, movie was, a, I think, 83 minutes. I mean, knock it right. It was right out. out no, it's, it, was, it was nothing. Nothing. That's the great thing about horror movies. It's not like fucking Lord of the Rings where you got to dedicate a day or it's. But I'll gladly do so. That's uh, there better be the extended versions, Joe. Oh yeah, no, I have the director's cuts. Twelve yeah. hours between the between the three movies. The extended I'm... versions make it so much better. Oh yeah, I'm all in. Yeah, you can shake your head, Bill, if you like, but I'm all in. Oh that. no, I, I've I mean I've I've still so the... many gaps. I I bet I. And I would like to see it. I just, but I, when I saw Return of the King four hours, like that's how I know, like I've been sitting too long as my ass is in throbbing pain. And this Return of the King is like just four hours long. And the spider fight scene, like, ugh, I don't like spiders. As we're talking about Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah, <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> and, jo- and Johnny Depp being put in a blender. Come on. Yes. <laughs> and look. To be, just just to be clear for our listeners, there's nothing wrong with this movie. It's considered a horror classic, and I'm okay with that designation. I just think that as in looking at sort of the totality of the slasher genre, this movie, because of sort of the outlandish nature of the character, Freddy Krueger, and some of the over-the-top deaths in this movie and some of the gaping plot holes, like Nancy becoming a chemical weapons expert, just for me, just it kind of puts it lower on the tier. At least some of the other ones like Nightmare, like um Friday the 13th and Halloween are a little bit more real. Not I won't say realistic, believable. And this one just feels like it's it's not trying too hard in some ways, but 
It's over the top. And the other movies didn't really change my perception of that. Of what I've seen in the other parts of the franchise, it's not not super scary. It's watchable. I mean, I don't oh, yeah. think this movie I don't think this movie would phase too many like people, the younger people now, just because they've been desensitized to it. But I mean, a little kid it's gonna scare the crap out of. But it's it's a part of like I said earlier, it's part of the Trinity for for yeah. for slashers. It's yeah. it's like like back in the forties and fifties, like the Dracula, Mummy, Frankenstein, then when you get to the eighties, late seventies, it's Michael Myers, Jason Voorhees, Freddy Krueger. Yeah, like that's they're like it's the horror is really a generational thing. Like this is like what our generation considers classic horror, and the next generation will consider, I don't know, Scream, Saul, Jig, uh, Saul movies. That sh- that shit will be their classic horror. Agreed. Um, it's it's a like. And like, of course, like you gotta crap on the prior gen the, or the the prior generate. Like you know, they're 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 classic. So yeah, I think a lot of the younger people see this movie and they're going to be like, yeah, this was really corny. To whereas other people will be like, I'm still scared of this, or this still freaks me out because I saw it when I was seven years old and my uncle put it on or my aunt. Yeah. Or, you know, so you know, although to its credit. The concept of being attacked in your dreams by a demonic spirit is definitely freaky because typically, you know, you think of your dreams in your sleep as a, you know, I won't say a safe space, but certainly one where you're being attacked is the last thing you're thinking about. Yeah. And, and you're being and eventually your consciousness is being violated. Right. Well, that that, that to me is unsettling about this. Well, I we'll jokingly said earlier when. Bill was having trying to get on. I said I'd rather that scared me more when I was younger, and now the thought of sleep deprivation scares me. <laughs> so, yeah, so. you're not wrong. No, but I just think that the premise of this movie of being attacked in your dreams while you're sleeping, and which results in your death in the real world, is terrifying from just a from like a core level. You no, know, granted, being attacked by a jackass is. Uh, you know, interesting in its own right, but just the fact that you're being attacked in your dreams is just unsettling because you have no control over it. You can't fight back. I mean, if I mean during the course of the movie, there was really no fighting back against Freddy Krueger in the dream world. It's where he's most powerful. Yeah, you have to yeah. you have to wake up to escape. Hence, why Nancy burns her arm on the boiler room pipe. Here's the th- here's my question: is it's one of those open ended endings? And I guess I need to rewatch that one because. What the hell happens? Is that another dream? Is he gone? Or are they dead? What the hell's going on? I actually don't know. It lo- it it didn't look like a dream, but maybe it did. It, lo- it looked too whitewashed to be um, her being awake. What do you think, Bill? I I don't know. I this is then like I mentioned this in the beginning. How like the 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 end the, the ending to this movie is just is just odd. Like it's are is she dreaming? Is she not? Like is the is is it is the fog supposed to make it look like it's it's it is a dream? Um, you know, her mom was like, "Hey, I'm not an alcoholic anymore." I yeah, it's got it's got to be. It had to be a dream. It was too brightly lit. It was too whitewashed. It didn't look like the rest of the movie. And then, as you pointed out, Jim, the worst looking inflatable doll you've ever seen. Oh my god! Yeah, being pulled through a broken glass window by one arm of Robert Englund. Poor Marge. Yeah, it was definitely not her day. 
for our listeners, though, you sh- everyone should see this movie at least once. It really is considered a classic in the genre. Don't be shocked if it doesn't meet, meet your expectations for a slasher movie. It's not nearly as scary or as violent as some of the other ones that are out there, but it's a good movie. And I have really have no you know, huge complaints, but it's got a few nitpicky things that you'll notice pretty early on. Yeah, the acting's pretty bad, but it's terrible. To be yeah, honest, but I mean that's what you expect from a slasher film. I, it's just like you got to watch it. It's just it's one of those. It's for some people that are more into it. It's like the once a it's like the once a year like on their horror list for Halloween every year. Like you, you just got to watch it. You might get a few laughs or you might get a few scares, depending on how desensit or what's the word I'm looking for. Desensitized. Desensitized. You are. Sorry. Jameson's kicking in. <laughs> uh-huh. I haven't seen it in a while and I'm glad I watched it. Indeed. And I laughed. And <laughs> yeah. I, was I got a little freaked out a couple of times. Oh, yeah. I felt bad for Johnny Depp. But I mostly laughed. All right. So next week we're back on to just our regular movies. And I think we're doing Happy Gilmore. I'm looking forward to that. <laughs> so classic, another uh, mid '90s comedy classic of Adam Sandler's. Oh, that movie's gold. That's long overdue. That is long. We should have done that a long time ago. Yeah, I don't know how that didn't make it on season one. Rewind effect, <laughs> especially with this crew. Yes, yeah, it kind of it fell through the cracks. But uh, yeah, so we'll do we'll tackle that next week. Uh, thank you everyone who tuned in tonight on Twitch, as well as everyone who tunes into all of our platforms. Again, we'll be back next week with Happy Gilmore. Thank you all again for listening, and goodbye. <laughs>